You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump. With me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, is this also a first ever episode for this podcast, a week 18 game preview, or did we do that last year? Uh, I think we were on, we did a show. I don't know how much we previewed it, but it just, it really bugs no, me. No, this grump. isn't, isn't this the first year with week 18? We did it. Last year, remember did we play in in Miami last year? So we had the extra. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm oh, just no. annoyed that it's another last game of the season, and it's a meaningless game for the Giants. I mean, same old same. Oh, sorry, Grump. It's meaningless in a good way because we're going to the playoffs next week. And it means a whole lot to the Eagles. So this Sunday, January eighth at four twenty-five. The Giants and Eagles will face off at the same time that the Dallas Cowboys and Washington Tutties or whatever their name is now <laughs> face off in Washington or whatever in Landover, Landover. Yeah. Um This game is incredibly interesting. But before we get to it, we do have a minor bit of housekeeping, house housekeeping to do, house cleaning. Housekeeping, housekeeping, yeah. Um, the last game, we did not mention Jalen Smith's missed sack. Um and I kind of do want your opinion on this. Um, all right, we, so we agree, right, that that was a direct result of him not wanting to get a penalty and drive a quarterback to the ground that had released the ball, didn't realize that he didn't actually release the ball, and so he pulls a Matthias Kiwanuka and just lets him go. And I think it was an incomplete pass anyway, but it was just bizarre because nobody knew what the hell was going on for a split second. And then... Everyone started playing football again, and it was an incomplete pass. And then, you know, Jalen Smith went to the sideline and wanted to hang himself. Um, my real question, though, is do you blame him? Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka, I don't know if he was ever uh, – what am I looking for here? Forgiven by Giants fans for that mess up? Mm-hmm. Um, He's I would say times are times are different it's, it's, now. It's though. a living in infamy moment for sure. Where it's always going to be, you know, when you think about Kiyunuko being with the Giants, you're always going to bring that up. Um, you know, this is what the league wants now. The league is so protective of their quarterbacks, and you know, we thought that it would take a long time for these, you know, defenders to change the way they play, and. You know, the goal being not having these hits on quarterbacks, but now they're so over the top of when they what they call as roughing the passer or late hit or anything that you are messing with these guys' brains now. These which should be an instinctive thing to go after the quarterback and knock him into next Thursday. They have to think. And that is as much an advantage to the quarterback as the rule itself. You know, it it's uh, a psychological thing that these guys have to worry about. So I don't blame him personally. I just blame that this culture of, you know, protecting quarterbacks at all costs, even if there's nothing to really to protect them from, you know, hopefully it's something that's addressed again and they, they tweak the rules in the offseason to make it more fair and more football realistic. I doubt it, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that I don't really like the way that the NFL has pushed its officiating in recent years. I mean, they are the full air on the side of caution with every play. And I don't just mean with like injuries and personal fouls. I mean with everything. And I think it's stupid. I think they're, they have eliminated judgment from the people who are supposed to be judging. Um, There is no judgment call with hitting a quarterback anymore. I mean, it's kind of insane that there's no like, well, that was unnecessary. It, everything was unnecessary now. And where it really gets silly and confounding is with turnovers. Now, every time the ball hits the ground, an official just airs on the side of caution. It's like, well, maybe it's a turnover. We'll review it because it's automatic. Well, here's the thing. 
It was obviously not a turnover. You knew that, but you didn't blow the whistle. And now we have idiots hitting each other for no reason. Mm -hmm. Because someone has to pick up the ball because no one blew a whistle. And now we have people running down the sideline. We have left tackles chasing cornerbacks and getting clipped at the knees being blocked on the blind side, crackback blocks, all kinds of stuff. Quarterbacks trying to make tackles for no reason. Right. They have eliminated judgment from the people who are supposed to be judging. And I understand, and I think it comes with good intentions, but in practice is stupid. It's stupid. Do, do we trust these officials to make calls or not? Yeah. And then when you, and for judgment call, going to replay when you're doing it at, fractions of a second and super slow where you know it's no longer judgment it's you know it's just it's apples and oranges trying to compare and it makes it even more frustrating because if I, you slow everything down to the Sapruta film you know you can you can get to any conclusion that you want on a judgment call we're not talking about inbounds out of bounds right first down not first down touchdown not touchdown those are not judgment calls yeah I don't know. I I think that's where the more I thought about it and like I I was annoyed when we were at the game and it happened. Uh, I cooled off pretty quickly. But I think just in general, the more I thought about the situation, the more I landed right there. Is that like the NFL now has just the officials are just guys who hold the whistle now. They they don't really seem to do anything anymore. It's frustrating. Um, and I'm not saying that – I'm, A, not saying I have a perfect solution because I don't. And B, I'm not saying that replay is a massive problem because that's not what I'm saying either. I just yeah. – I think the overall direction of uh, – I don't know. I, I I don't think it's a question of even replay being the problem or the mechanics of replay. It's just the overall philosophy and of what they want to call and not call. Right. Exactly. Yeah, the replay is just remember the the goal of replay is not 100% accuracy on every single call. The goal of replay is to eliminate as much as possible wrong calls. So if there used to be 25% calls were wrong and we're down to 10, replay has done its job. Correct. But again, replay really should be for things that are objective. Touchdown, not touchdown. Inbounds, out of bounds. Catch, not catch. And you're talking about things like pass interference and you're talking about holding and, you know, things like that. That's subjective. And you know, I don't know. Maybe the answer is that replay shouldn't be a reactive thing where you have to challenge. Maybe you need to have a, an actual live official upstairs who said, hey, I just saw this. I just replayed it really quickly. I'm overturning it right now. Well, that's the thing, because if you do that, then you don't have to have officials holding the whistle and not blowing it. Yeah. I mean just just to double check it later, to double check what they were pretty sure about. And remember, we have members of this game that are sitting up in the booth. We have assistant coaches oh, yeah. who are up in the so it's not because well they're not on the field, they're not participating in this game. You know, offensive coordinator is up in the booth. He's looking down, he's calling in plays. We we have technology. This isn't nineteen thirty seven. This is what is this, 2023? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So far. Um, okay. And I, I, I've said my piece. I don't want to dwell on... Peace said. Yeah. I mean, a, a game in which we absolutely destroyed the opponent, I'm not going to fixate on whatever. But I did want to mention it. Um, so going into this game, the Giants can't do anything to change their spot in the playoffs. They are the sixth seed, period. Uh, the Eagles, on, on the other hand... Well, well, let me ask you this. They have everything to play for because the one seed is up for grabs. If they lose this game, they fall to the fifth seed most likely because I think we assume Dallas is going to roll over Washington. We'd assume so, but I mean, if you're Philly, you have you have to assume that's what's going to happen. Well, it, we are the Giants, so we are assuming that after we do our business, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'm not going to bank on the team not making the playoffs. Uh, winning, I'm right. gonna assume I, the because it yeah. So let me ask you: Would you rather have the Eagles get the one seed, get some rest, and then end up playing Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay, or would you rather force them to play again in a week, get the fifth seed, and play Tampa Bay? 
Well, I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's either Philly or Dallas. So <laughs> I, I really can't worry about other people's problems. No, I'm, I'm just curious which one you would prefer. Would you rather Dallas get the rest or Philly get the rest? I would rather have Dallas get the rest because Philly is banged up. And if Jalen Hurts is not 100% ready and he has to play next week, good. Because that team scares... Dallas and Philly both scare me. And the better chance to get rid of one of those teams early on in the process, to me, is a good thing. So I would rather get Philly, I'd rather have Philly on the field and playing. However, and I know where this is leading to and this is going to be the bulk of our conversation for the rest of the show, is do we change what we do to make that happen? Well, here's what's interesting is right now the Eagles have, who did not practice today, Thursday, January 5th, Lane Johnson did not practice with a groin injury. Avante Maddox has a toe injury, and Josh Sweat has a neck injury. Limited in practice today were Miles Sanders with a knee, Jalen Hurts with a shoulder, and two linebackers, Sean Bradley and Janarius Robinson, that are not important to this conversation. But mm-hmm. do you think, because I kind of do, Philly makes decisions based on what the Giants decide to do? Uh, if 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 Brian Dable tomorrow says, uh, you know, all of the starters are resting, do you think do you think Jalen Hurts plays? You, you think, think the Eagles believe him? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't well, wait, wait, wait. No, they have to. You can't announce somebody who is out unless they're inactive. Sure, you can. Uh, not if it's injury related in any way. But so they're going to say all of a sudden that... Uh, well, Daniel Jones is a different story, but let's say, I don't know, uh, Evan Neal mm-hmm. or John Feliciano because he's on the injury report. Uh, I mean, in any case, we, we you agree, though, that the Eagles are going to pivot based on what the Giants do for this game, right? Uh, I disagree. I think okay. they're going to... I think they're going to play based on what they think they need to do to win. But... Th- the bare minimum, right? To what they think they're going to do to win? They need to win? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to... If somebody is doubtful, they're not going to get them out there and say, you, we need this. This is... Again, Again, this is not... This I is for a first seed. They're not... They're not... They don't need this that Yeah, everybody's treating this game and this weekend like this is the Super Bowl. I mean, we're going to have a discussion about should the Giants rest or, or start players and everything. At the end of the day we still have the playoffs to go. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, if Philly loses this game, it's not like they're out of the playoffs. We're starting over again. So it's kind of, you know, interesting, but it's not life or death like making this whole thing out to be. I agree with you. Uh, I think that this, this may be the only thing that we really have to talk about in a game in which we can't advance or Mm -hmm. fall. Um, but just because it's the only thing to really discuss regarding this game doesn't mean that it's critically important because at the end of the day, this game, are we, unless this game ends up being epic or we win the Super Bowl in three years, are we going to remember what we, week 18, like the ins and outs of this game? No, we'll remember if we sat him or start him or whatever, but it would be in the context of another discussion about something else like, Oh, back in time. Well, in 2022, see, we're still. The thing is, this is the interesting thing for me is we're still learning about this coaching staff. That's true. And we're we're learning about what makes them tick and what they do to make their team tick. So that to me is more interesting. Um, I'm going to go on the record that I think this whole story of the Patriot game and, you know, with playing in L.A. and that led to the Super Bowl win. I think that is one of the most overblown stories in Giants history. It sounds great at the end, looking back on it. But I think people make that out to be like this team was garbage. And because they hung with the team, you know, all of a sudden they were fired up for three games in one. I, you know, this team, this giant team right now is playing on a wave of confidence. And to me, momentum isn't as important as health and rest. This is week 18 of a season that's been a grind. There was a bye week already. They've gone through the bye, but 
you know, teams accumulate nicks and bang ups and everything and mental drain and all this. And, you know, I, I think the thing about motivation and momentum going in, I think is a, is an overblown thing. Now I never played the game. So I, you know, this is just my gut feeling about it. I would rather give myself as much chance to be healthy and rested going into the playoffs than this particular game. Cause remember Grump, the goal of the regular season is to be the one seed so you get a bye week, right? That means you're playing pretty good. You're the one seed, so you're getting that week off. I don't know that everyone would agree with that. I don't think that's a 100% consensus. You don't think so? I mean, no. Th- that opportunity... Now, this is actually... This is this is a little different than the bye because this is almost like a working bye. It's not like, you know, when you have a bye... Like there's no boat trip this weekend where you know people are going and scattering for three or four days and then coming back and playing. This is you know you're preparing for a game. You're doing the things you have to do during the week to get ready. You know, some guys are going to play, not everybody, and not everybody for a full game. So it's kind of like a working session, but not a full. It's as close to a buy as you're gonna get without being a true buy vacation week. Right. Okay. But I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, again, I, I, we, we, again, this goes back to my point. So we're still trying to figure out what, the, what makes this coaching staff tick? What do they use for motivation things? I, I saw somebody say, I think Pat train has said it on her show about, you know, Joe, um, Dable has said winning at all costs in every game is paramount, whether it's a preseason game or a game 17, like or 18, like this, that's bullshit. You know, you can't tell me that coaches, unless you're an idiot like Rex Ryan, are trying to win a preseason game is as important as winning, you know, a regular season game or a playoff game. So there's some coach speak out there being said, but, you know, I think he's a big picture guy. And I think he knows that the playoffs are more important than this particular game. So I'm going to halfway agree with you. I'm okay. going to start from the top here. Go for it. I think that in 2007, playing the starters against the Patriots in Week 17 is not an overblown story. And I think that that did help not give them momentum into the playoffs, but it did help their confidence for the week going into the Super Bowl. I will say that. I think that playing that game the way they did let them prepare knowing that they can win. Knowing it. There was, I don't think there was a doubt on anyone in that team that they could win that game against them. Where I will agree with you is I don't think it's an apples-to-apples apples comparison to this year. So it mm-hmm. shouldn't be talked about that way because the Patriots were playing for something historic. Right. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Randy Moss are all these guys, as in every NFL player. But those guys specifically are big-time ego guys, and mm-hmm. that meant a lot to them. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, uh, this is, it, there is not that much at stake for the Eagles here. Rest. Okay. Whatever you could at this point, if you were really concerned about the rest, if you're the Eagles, could you not just rest this week? Take the five seed. If, if that even happens, by the way, if that even, we made the argument not that long ago that if Philly rests their starters, we're not sure we can even win. So, could you not just take the bye week this week? I mean, if it, if it was so paramount, if there was an injury to Jalen Hurts that you're like, oh my God, we cannot lose this bye week. Just sit him now. Just let him get better now. I don't. Well, I, I guess what I'm thinking for that is, you know. When is their timeline for their most important guys ready well, to be? They and we don't know that, and we're never going to know that because, That's A, true. we're but not doctors. Don't. B, yes, correct. But my point is it's not apple, apples to apples here. What the Patriots were playing for is something that no one else other than the 72 Dolphins have ever played for. Ever. Mm-hmm. So it meant everything to them, every mm-hmm. single player there. Coaches, right. too. This doesn't mean everything to the Eagles because mm-hmm. if they lose, they are definitely still going to the playoffs. They are definitely still one of the best teams in the NFC by a pretty big margin from the seventh seed that's going to get in And they'll here. probably play Tampa Bay, which would be 
you know, I, I mean, think, will they even, they might, oh yes, I, I think, did Tampa Bay lock it? I believe they've locked it. They're not jumping ahead of anybody else, I don't believe. No, 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 that's not my, the, nobody else in the NFC South because the Panthers lost. They won the division. They won the, they won the division. division, yeah, so yes, they're, they are playing Tampa Bay. Um, who's not that good? Exactly. So let, let me throw something at you, like looking at it a different way. Talk about, you know, playing against Philly and, oh, we can, we can play with these guys and build momentum and confidence going to the playoffs. What if we play all the starters and Philly beats the shit out of us again? Well, there's that. But here's <laughs> the other thing. Why it's not an apples to apples comparison is because, um, well, for starters, the Eagles are kind of hurt. So mm-hmm. it it would be whatever. It would be, I, I guess, punking a team that if you do play them again, you're not playing, you know, Gardner Minshew or a, a, a bum right shoulder hurts. I mean, he'll be more healed by the time they see him again. I mean, unless they bury him. I guess we're not considering the possibility that we further hurt some of these players. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. Uh, but... Fucking forgot my point. Oh, oh, the the <laughs> momentum here. The momentum would just be carrying over momentum into the playoffs, which was not the 2007 Giants problem. Mm-hmm. It w- really wasn't. They didn't need. They didn't need to build momentum into the playoffs. Yeah, they'd won something like three out of the last four before that. They were ro- they, they won like six straight at one point in that season. Right, right. Um, and it wasn't the very beginning of the year like this team's was. It was I like mean, it was like middle to late in the season. I, I think I saw it before. I think they'd won three out of the last four. Going into the the uh, the New Orleans, New England game. So, here's where it's different, and let's get into the actual conversation. Yeah. In my opinion, I agree with you. Yes, making the playoffs is uh, being healthy in the playoffs is more important than momentum. However, this year, at this time for this team, momentum is very important for them. And I think that that was evident based on the way they came out against Washington at the tie and the way they came out against Washington afterwards. They were so flat in that first Washington game. The Mm. way they came out against Washington, in my opinion, carried over into the way they played in Minnesota, which absolutely carried over into the way they ended the Colts game in the first half. That game was over. Nick Foles was hurt. They threw a pick six. We were up 24 to 3, I believe, at halftime. That game was over. Um, momentum is more important to this team than it was the 2017. So here's where I'm going with this. And we'll go through a little player by player because I do think, for starters, mm. you don't make a blanket decision. You treat each player individually because Agreed. they all have different injuries. 100% agree. <laughs> so uh, let's start right there because anyone who's just saying play the starters is already giving you half an answer and not a real one. Right. But I do think you treat this game where you get your starters out there for two to three series and then pull them because the result may not matter for this game, but if they go out there and let's just say they're not that great against a team that is better than the Colts, okay, you shook some rust off, you know where you got to work, whatever, but they're not cold. Um going into the playoffs. And I don't like the idea of just sitting and getting that momentum to die. They don't have to continue to build momentum, in my opinion. They don't have to win this game or dominate in this game or lose the right way. I think they just have to not get cold, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Let them go out there and be loose. If you fuck up, it don't matter. This game doesn't matter. Go out there, play football. Let's go iron some things out. Let's work on some stuff. That's the way I see it for this. I don't want them to sit and get cold. Do you agree with that? How do you feel about any of the things? I, I, I agree with you in principle. Um, first of all, if there are guys, you know, that are, you know, Leonard Williams type guy who's, you know, not a hundred percent healthy. Sit him. Sit. Yep. You know, um, even someone like Andrew Thomas sit. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. You know, uh, someone like, uh, Evan Neal. Sit. Anybody who has who's not a hundred percent healthy and where we want them to be a hundred percent healthy next week, I'd sit. That's 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 the first thing off the top. <laughs> All right, guys so, like okay. guys like Daniel Jones, guys like him get tricky because you know what Daniel does that makes him great or 
I'm using that term in, in context of what makes him special for this team are things that could potentially put him at risk. And, you know, if we're just going to have him back there and he's not going to run at all and he's just going to be in the pocket just, you know, doing very vanilla, bland things, is it really our offense? Is it really what he does best? Is it even worth it to have him out there? So I think I kind of agree with you in the give him a couple of series, you know, get the juices flowing, go through the preparation of a game week as if he's playing, and then you pull these guys. And I say regardless of the score, we're you know we're down fourteen nothing, we're up seven three. I think, you know, once you get into the flow, you, you, you pull these out and, and then we move on for next week. I also think if I'm a coaching staff, I think I kind of take a temperature check of my team and see what you want to do too, which sure. leads me to another point. I want to throw at you as a question. If you're Daniel Jones and you're Saquon Barkley and you are potentially two games away from being free agents and this game really is meaningless. Do you want to play in these games and risk without a safety net potentially injury and potentially costing you millions of dollars? My opinion, if I'm one of those two players, is that what you're asking me? Yeah. I would, I mean, I. I can't get into the headspace of an NFL competitor. So for mm-hmm. me, I would want to sit because if I'm Daniel Jones, I've already had a scary neck injury, which we don't to this day really know that much about, which mm-hmm. is really wild to think about. If right. I'm Barkley, I've already torn an ACL and you know messed up my ankle a little bit. I've only just gotten my feet underneath me. I know this is my payday. I don't. I, I can't say for. The, I mean, Daniel does not give a fuck about his body. <laughs> he really does not care, man. When he's he, out there, he's he playing. I. I. When he's playing, he does not give a shit about his body. But again, that's a huge matzo ball that's out there. You know, oh, yeah, we're talking. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. 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 So again, I'm not talking about. I'm going to be a free agent next year. Do I not want to play in a wild card game? That's not all. No, I'm no, saying. no, no, no. That's not what yeah. I'm. Saying. But, yeah. but this is a meaningless game. Yes. And and when he's out there, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He's got like a light switch that. It, well, we saw him slide last week in the open field. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe for this game he's got it under control. I I don't know. Here's where I'm gonna kind of disagree with you a little bit I, okay. my 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 overall feeling here is jones thomas bredesen and gates feliciano galinsky and neil hodgins james bellinger slayton i'm giving all of those guys two to three series based on the how the game is going barkley i'm sitting but he's he's going to be active for game day but he's on the sideline i'm putting brita and brightwell out there you got plenty of running backs and we barely used either of them. I am in no circumstances putting Jones back there if Thomas or Neil is sitting. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting Jones back there. That ends that QB decision for me once and for all. Feliciano, if they want to sit him because he's got a thing with his back or neck. or If I say neck, I have like a 30% chance of being right. Um, <laughs> if they want to sit him and put... Gates at center with Bredesen next to him. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean... Uh, he did get snaps in garbage time at center last week. He did. He did. Yes. I mean, we're going to pivot this conversation to what we would do versus what we think the coaches will do. If it's me, if I'm the head coach of the New York football giants, first of all, we'd be 0-16 at this point. Uh, but second... I would not play Daniel Jones or Barkley. I just, to me, you know, we are in a, such a unique situation to be even be in the playoffs that I think the, you know, I don't think I don't think you're sending a bad message to this team that you don't care. I I think, like I said, you prepare for this whole week like it's a regular game week, but when you just get to the game, I just, 
know, these are your, these are the guys that, you know, based on those reports we talked about earlier in the week that we are going to offer big contracts to, that means they are our future. You know, forget even this playoff run. You know, we don't want, you know, you don't want your quarterback or your star running back being hurt and he's out next week because, you know, yeah, we feel pretty good that we might be able to beat Minnesota, but without Daniel Jones, we have no chance to beat Minnesota. Uh, but if something serious happens, because it's a meaningless game and they're not available next year or, you know, for all of off season or, you know, the first month of the season or God forbid a whole season. I, I try to look at things I'm, as I'm getting older. I try to look at things more big picture than just the heat of the moment for something. So I would sit Daniel Jones. Well, let me ask you this. If you're going to sit him, are you going to make him inactive just in case Terod Taylor gets hurt? At least Davis Webb is going in and not Daniel Jones anyway. I would have him active just in case. Just in case. You'd have Daniel Jones active? Would you have Davis Webb active? No. Interesting. I think I might. I might. Well, I mean, because part of it is that Terod Taylor, even this year, is kind of glass. He's kind of glass, but again, when you start getting down to Davis Webb, then I'm just thinking back to last year where, you know, you get to your third string quarterback and everything completely falls apart. And when things completely fall apart, other players can be injured as well True. because of, you know, uh, bad throws. Incompetence You're, abound. Exactly. So yeah. I, I need, you know, if uh, if Tyrod Taylor gets hurt or I don't care, he could be three for 40 passing. That's fine in my book. But if he goes down, I can't have the whole, you know, you bring in Daniel Jones or you just wildcat every play with uh, – Brightwell or something and just get through the game and get out of there. Um, is there any other player on offense that you think has a specific thing that you're worried about that you haven't mentioned? Jones, Barkley, Thomas, Neal. Those are all guys. Is there anybody else? Bellinger maybe? Well, I was thinking about Bellinger. Just, you know, we haven't heard lately how his vision is. If it's is he back to hundred percent now or. I don't know, but he went three for three last week and looked good doing He's it. looked better. He's yeah. definitely looked better. Um, I'd say probably not. I, I think, you know, again, we also might play, even though we're not starting, if we're starting guys, we might be extremely vanilla too. Well, that I'm going to say absolutely. That because is without a doubt. Because, and here, I'll, I'll tell you why, is that coaching is such a big part of this team's success, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, mm -hmm. that they're not, I don't think they should, I don't want them to, and I don't think they will reveal anything crazy. That shit is all in their pockets for the playoffs. I play opinion. Philly at some point again. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And also, again, making it vanilla, just very basic things. You want to decrease the chance of other guys getting hurt, like on crossing routes or something. Just, you know, I think you just dumb it down and just go through the motions and get this over with. I think you go out there and you give the starting offense – Two series, see how that goes. If there's something else, and and you can make a decision, right? You can be like, you know what, the wide receivers were kind of bad on that one. We're gonna leave them out there for one more series. Maybe we'll change out the offensive line so they don't get hurt. We'll change out the tight ends. Right, we'll put Terod Taylor out there, something like that. You can do stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, defensively, let's shift. Uh, right off the top of my head, and we already mentioned him, Leonard Williams. I'm sitting him. No question. Mm -hmm. no Goddamn, question. man. That The fact that he's even played the last few weeks and the workload he got, mm -hmm. pretty wild. Not not mm -hmm. counting the Colts game, but the week before, mm -hmm. the Minnesota game, he, he played something like 90-plus percent of snaps or something like that. Um, Aziz, Aziz Ojolari. Aziz, saying. absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you go into... Let's talk specifically about the two DBs that I'm sure most people are thinking about, and that's Xavier McKinney. Do you play him? I would play him a little bit because I think he has to knock some rust off. Okay. I, I, I think so too, and I say that because even though he played most of the game against the Colts, I think offensively the Colts are kind of garbage. I think for half of that game you had Sam Ellinger back there. He's not really – he's getting his game feet – back and, and his injury wasn't something like a hamstring where he's going to be running around at 85 exactly. speed it's it's something unique so yeah 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you about McKinney. What about a Dory Jackson? I sit him. Interesting. I am definitely giving a Dory Jackson two, two series. It, uh, uh, now, listen, this is predicated on the assumption that he is medically cleared. Of course. Right. So I don't want a starting corner. Remember, there is a ton of confidence that goes with that position. Mm-hmm. You have to trust your ability, your instincts, and your film study to be good at corner. That's it. You just have to trust what you know. Um, you also have to trust that when you put your foot in the ground to change direction, that it's going to cooperate and it's not going to buckle. Mm-hmm. And to me, you don't gain that confidence until you've went into a live bullet situation for some amount of time. Uh, see, that's where I was a little different because, again, this is where, it's, where I said this is like a practice by week without having, you know, this team didn't wasn't off for four or five days relaxing. They they've been prepping all week, and you know, I know you can't simulate 100% a live game during practice, but you can come pretty close. So, you know, I think you can I think you can simulate as much as you can this week going up into it without the risk of the actual game itself. I, I'm basing that based on what other players have said after finally getting their first game under their belt from an injury mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. that is a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I've never torn an ACL, MCL. I've never, str- as far as I know, I've never strained one. Um, so, And I guess all and the also time my has- life isn't revolve around my ability to do that. So. Right. And, you know, and also, I guess, what's one more week based on what he has coming back to? So. Well, it's the thing. Do, do you want him to test that for the first time in its full capacity in a playoff game? Because I don't. And I think I made the point that I, if he's ready, I'd like him to play a little bit against the Colts too. Yeah, I guess a, I guess a little bit would would not be the end of the world. And yeah, you just I, have him I'm, out there. I, he's probably the first guy on defense that I'm going to pull. If I'm going to pull one guy before everybody else, it'll probably be Jackson. But I want him to get two series. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and you know maybe you just don't match him up with AJ Brown. I was thinking about that also. Just have him on wide receiver two and just, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah, just, just let go, him just let him go run. out there and play. Just just yeah. run, test out your knee, feel it. It doesn't matter if you let him get by you and they score a seventy yard bomb. That doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um because we do need him next week. You know, we we've been saying you know, that's been the standard line as well with a Dory and uh and, and what's his name back? We'll we can beat Minnesota. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um is there anybody else on defense that you're worried about? Moreau, McLeod? I mean, everybody on this defense, I think, plays such an integral role that if one more guy goes down, I'm not 100% sure what we do. That's uh, the risk of playing this game. It so is. Think- yeah, so again, this, this conversation <laughs> as we parse through it, like player by player, series by series, football is football. There, Sometimes people get hurt. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So. We can't really put bubble wrap on these guys, and that's a common phrase, but it's kind and of I also, true. I also don't think there's a right or wrong answer, too. This is more what I think I would do. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, if, if it's early fourth quarter and we have 21 or 22 starters still playing because it's a three-point game, I'm probably going to be, like, shaking my head and be like, and, and also scared shitless, but... I don't think that situation is really going to happen. I so I. I well, wait, wait. Let me let me ask you this because mm-hmm. you don't think there's a right or wrong answer. What is your what is your feeling if they just play the starters and they play to win? Are you are you freaking? I, I know you said that you're like holding your breath, whatever. But do you think that's a wrong answer? I do. I, I think that's I, right. I think I, I just said it's not a right or wrong answer how I would do this, but I think that's the wrong answer. I think <laughs> I, that's the wrong answer, too. I mean, let's put – now, don't look at this game as a fan. Don't look at this as a fan who was pissed off in 2020 because they screwed us out of a playoff spot. Look at this as – That is know, also – that is more apples to oranges than the 2007. Of course. That, you know, that dick with a visor isn't their coach anymore. You know, a majority of that team is not the same team that's playing right now. You know, it's just because we're in the same uniforms. 
that's why we hate them. But I, I, I can't worry about how I'm going to prepare for the playoffs based on something that happened two years ago. And I think that's and Especially also if, if you're Brian Dable, you weren't there. even they there. No, yeah, yeah. It's not in front against them. I mean, not that many people on this roster even from from back then either. So I would be I would be shocked if that's what happens. If it's fourth quarter and you know it's it's a close game and we have everybody still playing, I would be shocked. I will be I will still be holding my breath until the final whistle. On every play. On does, every... does Kenny Galladay get a touchdown in this game? Kenny Galladay only needs 79 more catches to hit his, uh, his I, bumps. People, people think that is the funniest joke today. They are really think that, that I've seen that joke literally from the moment I woke up this morning. Yes. It is still fucking going, man. It's not that funny. <laughs> it's also, you know. It's kind of funny, but it's also it's like if, if you're saying it, did you even look at Twitter today? Because it's literally everywhere. You're just repeating everybody else. Oh, yeah. I was being a smart ass. No, no I don't mean you. I mean every, the fact that I'm still seeing it is crazy. Yeah. I mean, they Kenny Galladay has become, you know, the wrath of the, this fan base and – to this day, it's not all his fault. Well, also, this, are they sitting him to keep him from hitting incentives that they can't afford to pay him? I don't know. I mean, I mean at, at least in part. Maybe in part, but I mean, what, is, what other, incentive, other incentives are there than this this catch one, which, you know, by week nine or ten, he was not going to hit. So you still had uh, a I, month or two where there are others. I, I don't know what they are, but Dan Duggan said that he has an article coming out tomorrow with more realistic things that he can hit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they are. Well, but, but isn't that kind of, isn't now I'm not a capologist, but hitting all of your incentives, part of your number. Not, no, you have to hit them first. Oh, I see. I thought, I thought for the cap, it assumes that you're going to hit all of them. No, I don't think so. You got to hit them first. But then you can go, so you can go over the cap if you hit incentives. No, then you have to figure something else out. Hmm. I'll, I'm going to do some research on that because that doesn't make any sense. Why not? See, I think it. I think it's kind of like, you know, expensing something or capitalizing something in the very beginning. Like if your contract is let's say $5 million and you have incentives to put it up to 10. I think your cap number is 10. I don't believe it is. Anybody out there who, yeah, I mean, correct us us on that, but yeah, I I don't believe that's the case. And also that that's like a little bit conspiracy me. Uh, Yeah. Only because they have done some really wild stuff where like cutting Tay Crowder, but then re-signing him to the practice squad saved like a couple hundred thousand dollars, stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, but I also feel like, again, you know, he sat so much that unless he has like, cause I, I remember there was somebody that they like, they voided the contract because some of the, um, incentives were ridiculous. It was like, you know, if you suit up one game and have one snap, you're making X a million or like, no, that's, that's circumventing the cap. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, well, but, but, but my, my point, point is, though, is throughout he the sat year, so long, but that's my point is that, that and I don't mean they throughout the season, did they sit him like, did they really, really reduce his playing time because they don't want him getting catches? I really don't think so. I don't think so either. Again, we had David Sills on this roster. Not anymore. <laughs> oh no. Wait, I know. Did we resign him. We resigned him. Okay. But I mean, the point is we, we were digging down for David Sills when you had a Kenny Golly on the roster, which they just refused to put on the field. No, but, Wait, no, that that's a point for that thing though. That they would rather dig on the roster than give him a chance to make catches. Right, but I mean and earn we're that getting number. Getting into like November when he's obviously not going to hit that that target number. Oh, I we, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there is some point where it's going to be mathematically impossible he was going to make those numbers up. And they yeah. still refuse to play him. That's true. Um Last thing we're going to talk about. Well, well, I guess let's do predictions and let's not do predictions on the score. Let's do predictions on what are we going to do? What is this coaching staff going to do? Man, I, I don't know, but I have to think everything I've seen from Brian Dable so far 
is that he's a player's guy. Have is he? I, I, I well, in terms players of players that he likes. I I think he's just more of a player's perspective kind of coach rather okay. than an administrator is kind of where I was going with. That. Okay. That, that, um, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. I, 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 um, I don't know, man. I think he's going to play them a little bit. I do. I, I don't think it's going to be all of the starters. I guess there's a chance Jones and Barkley don't play. I don't think Barkley plays that one. I'm pretty sure about everybody else, including Jones. I have no idea. Leonard Williams isn't playing. Aziz Ojolari isn't going to play. I don't think Dexter Lawrence is going to play. I don't let's, know. No, you know let, what? I think I think they're going to play for a little let's bit. Do, let's, then let's do something else then. Coming out of halftime, who's still playing? Nobody. Agreed. Nobody. I don't think. 100% agreed, regardless of the score. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Well, also, if we're beating the shit out of them, momentum gained. Momentum gained. You've already got it. Sit everybody. If at halftime we're winning, then just sit them because you've already you have already taught the players what they needed to know, and that's fine. Put it aside. Think, put it on the table. That worked. I think if you get out of the first quarter and it's nothing, nothing, or seven, seven, momentum gained and it's over. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, again, that the score is irrelevant. It's more about what you saw. Well, yeah, game. I mean, the score is just kind of like, were you successful and do what you were trying to do? Yeah, exactly. If it's nothing, nothing because A.J. Brown was wide open in the end zone, 70 yards downfield and just dropped it, that is not momentum gained. Exactly. But yeah, but yeah I agree with you. But I also think, I think the players know what's going on too. So, you know, momentum... I, I, I still think they're going to come out of this game. I don't think they're going to have a loss of momentum or a loss of confidence. You know, I think confidence is probably more the key word than momentum in all this. Probably. And, right. you know, I, I think they know. And again, we are not in those meeting rooms. We are not on the practice. We don't know what's being said, how they are preparing for this. Um, but I know for a lot of these guys on this roster, this is their first go around. Oh, yeah. And Leonard Williams included. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the big quote... So Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones saying, we've suffered long enough to Nick Gates on a hot mic, I guess, technically. Mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, who was it? Nick Gates was mic'd up? I believe so. Um, so saying we suffered long enough, are you going to risk the fact that he might get hurt and not play? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy that you're offering a multi-year deal to, you know, I don't know. Everything about Brian Dable tells me that he is a competitor. So I I think that's where it's going to go. Also everything that, that Brian Dable has done tells me he's also a big picture guy. Well, because he, uh, I, I, I think the way they're, they're constructing this roster, the way they've jettisoned guys that are not their guys, the way they've sat guys that are not their guys, I think that tells me that's not those aren't moves that were done for the here and now. That's for big picture and culture and things. So, you know, this playoff run was not expected. And, you know, I think they're trying to now they're trying to toe that line between the here and now and the big picture. And I don't think they're going to risk any bit of that big picture for a here and now that's ultimately not going to impact the next week here and now Washington versus Dallas thoughts I think this might this could possibly be Ron Rivera's last head game as head coach it's, it's weird to think about but I think you might be right yes Dallas wins big um I also am not 100% convinced that Mike McCarthy's gonna be the head coach of the Cowboys next year well I mean with Sean Payton on the market Mm-hmm. Nobody in Dallas is safe. That's right. I mean, you know, because there's always the chance of that Dallas laying an egg in the playoffs. You know, we that is almost a guarantee, my friend. Yeah, and Death, if, if, if Texas and Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys, etc. I mean, if they even lose to Tampa Bay in the first round, if they lose to that team. That's all Jerry Jones needs to to, to smoke him and go right for Sean Payton and, and, and offer him. Half of East Texas. I agree with you. 
Um, are you going to care? I, I guess there's like probably like a 99% chance we're playing Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want Minnesota, right? You don't want any part of San Francisco instead. My preference would be Minnesota for sure. I agree. I know it's Brock Purdy, etc. I would rather face Kevin O'Connell's team. I would rather face Kirk Cousins. Uh, I would not want to face San Francisco's defense. That's the thing. I would rather I would rather face Kirk Cousins knowing that we're putting up points on offense than face Brock Purdy and not sure if we can score a touchdown in the game. Mm-hmm. You know? That's where mm-hmm. I'm at with it. Yeah. I mean, also, I think people are – Giant fans are a little – oh, we'll beat Minnesota. We have a much – I mean, Minnesota's still a good team. I mean, I don't well, think there is – But it's the playoffs. I mean – we're yeah. still picking you you're picking the best poison you can right what can we survive and, and minnesota i know they may not be as good as their record all the advanced stats say that but they are still a very solid team who beat us yeah <laughs> so, but i don't think they want any part of us either do you if you're I a vikings not. fan you don't want to play us right i would probably say probably not i yeah, mean if I your agree. options are you know the giants or green bay I think they'd rather play Green Bay. Especially since it would be the third time they play them this year. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Although they just, you know, they just beat the shit out of them. But. Yeah, but. All right, well, I don't have anything else on this game. I am going to be watching. I'm more interested in the food I'm going to be eating while I watch. Uh, but um, this I is think, cool. This I is think awesome. I think a very good chance that. By the second half, I'll have the red zone on watching other things going on. And uh, not because our season's over and I'm done with the Giants this year, but because I've moved on to the playoffs. I mean, I'll be checking that Dallas game. Sure. All right. That is going to do it for this episode. We will recap the game, but really more so the playoff picture. On Tuesday morning, that episode will be available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, etc., as well as on YouTube, so be sure to subscribe there. And we will be active on Twitter as usual, at football underscore grump, it's right on the screen. At the cranky fan, it's right on the screen. And uh, any parting words for the for the last week of the regular season, cranky? <laughs> if you would have told me back in August when we were at the uh, at training camp that we'd be doing this episode, kind of just like, yeah, whatever, getting ready for the playoffs, I'd say pass that over and I'd like to take a hit of it myself. So I'm just, I'm just very happy we're in this position. You know, I'm, this has been another great year. You know, we've met a lot of more friends at all the tailgates and everything and everybody through Giants Twitter and all that. It's just been great. And I'm looking forward to, you know, the first, hopefully many playoff runs with this team, with this core. I hope so too. I think this is the right group in charge And this is the first of many. So savor it, but get ready for it again next year. Because we're coming, man. Brian Dable and the Giants and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, they're coming. All right, everyone. We will see you all Tuesday morning. Watch your Giants game. Root for your team. One, two, three. Go Giants. Giants.